Hey, welcome back to the Wally Opus podcast. I want to do a quick plug before the show begins. On uh, next Sunday, December the 18th, we have the very first Wally Opus Records Showcase happening at Stage 2 on the east side of Evansville. That is on December the 18th. Doors are at 5 p.m. Tickets are 20 bucks each, and they're available on Eventbrite if you search Wally Opus Presents 2022, or just visit wallyopus.com for more details. The Strangers, Atlas of the Dogs, uh, Swamp Eyes, and a new band, Panama Papers, are performing live with a very surprise special guest you won't want to miss. So get your tickets now, and we will see you at the show. Also, if you are listening to this today, on the day that it came out, which is Friday, December the 9th, Swamp Eyes has released his very first full-length project his debut album titled something's in the hall it's available now on all streaming platforms and Bandcamp, and youtube wherever and it's a great record it's a folk punk experimental record produced right here in wally opus sound studios by me and sam cuban the artist and multi-instrumentalist behind swamp eyes go stream that now go check it out give sam some love he'll be performing live with the wally opus presents 2022 showcase on um december the 18th all right now without further ado here is sam Hahn on the wally opus podcast check check good to go there we go so uh you're actually the first guest on the podcast since i just switched the name from uh, Mining in the Foothills, which I thought was like a cool theme to just the straight up Wally Opus podcast, which is my brand. So I got a little intro bit I'm going to do, then we'll dive into the to the podcast. Awesome. That's an honor. <laughs> so uh, hello and welcome to the new Wally Opus podcast, the reinvented Wally Opus podcast where I interview doers from around the Midwest. I'm Wes from Wally Opus, and my guest today is Sam Hahn, a country singer and songwriter from Southern Indiana whose voice has been likened to Luke Combs and even a little Blake Shelton when he hits the high registers. Uh-oh. I just made that up. but <laughs> I like, like it. I, I thought of it earlier, so. I appreciate that one. I coined that, by the way, if anybody <laughs> wants to quote it for a magazine or something. So uh, co-written with our mutual buddy, Daniel Williams, and recorded produced, recorded slash produced by Sean Rogers of Hey World Productions in Nashville, Tennessee. Sam's debut album, Hell of a Ride, hit streaming platforms on August 5th of this past year and has garnered over 3,300 streams to date. Not bad for his first song in the middle of Southern Indiana. <laughs> you can hear Sam and his bandmates performing around Southern Indiana many times. Uh, he shares the stage with the previously mentioned... Danny Williams, Sam, thank you for doing this. Yeah, I'm honored. Looking forward to it. Heck yeah, dude. So uh, for people who don't know you, which I don't really know you, I've seen you play a couple times and heard your record, but give us a quick background on your musical history. So like growing up, like where did you grow up? When did you pick up the guitar? Did anybody specific? You know, influence you to do that, or yeah, yeah. give us a little background on who you are and how you got to where you're at. Yeah, so my music history is pretty short, really. Uh, I didn't really get into music um, until 
few years ago, I would say. I never was in a choir. I was never took vocal lessons. I never sang. I sang really? Sh- I sang in the shower um, okay, a lot yeah. growing up. That's yep. about it. Um, and I wanted to play guitar when I was younger. I asked for an electric guitar. And I okay. got it when I was like probably eight or ten for Christmas. Okay. And I started taking lessons and I never practiced. So I just kind of gave up because I was like, this is too hard. This is dumb. I'm not yeah. doing this. So um, a little later on, I got an acoustic guitar um, and I actually started taking lessons with Daniel's mom. Um, oh, Sarah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. And so she was really the one who first taught me how to play guitar, I would say. Okay. So I got to give it to her for that. Um, and I still didn't really... Because she gives lessons to like piano too? Yeah, I don't know or? if she does anymore. Um, she did. Oh, okay. She did okay. piano, guitar, um, but she's very good at all of it. So Sweet. Uh, I still really didn't practice, but I was... I knew the G, C, E minor, D, really all you need to know. It's <laughs> perfect. Especially for country music. So yeah. um, I knew how to play those. Um, and then a little later on, probably high school, I was like, I'm going to get back into it again. Um, and so somebody I knew from Young Life, which is a Christian organization. Um, I've heard of that. My yeah. buddy Thomas made a video for yeah. them, I think. I was super involved in that in high school. Okay. Um, and somebody in Young Life knew how to play guitar. His name's Garrett Curtis. Okay. And I took lessons with him, and he kind of took me up to the next level of playing acoustic guitar. Okay. Um, still wasn't good. Um, I just learned how to play <laughs> bar chords probably about a year ago. Really? Yeah. God, it's new. Yeah, this is so new. like this is super new. So I would say I really started playing guitar, um, acoustic guitar, like two years ago. Like right when COVID hit, that's when yeah. I hit it hard, I would say. I had nothing else Sweet. to do. Yep. I was still at Purdue, so... Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, you guys have played up there. Yeah, we played up there one time, and it was one time. It was awesome. Was it awesome? It was a blast. Where'd uh, you play? Uh, it's called the Goat. Uh, it was actually in Lafayette, okay. which is across the river from West Lafayette. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do Purdue kids cross the river? So not normally, but during COVID, the bars in West Lafayette were super strict. Okay. But if you went to Lafayette, there were no rules. Oh shit! Okay. So all the Purdue students would go across the river, yeah, and go to the bars. So um, we hit it at the right time. Were you in college at that time? Are you were graduated already? I was. That's a good question. <laughs> I was in my last semester, okay. so I went four and a half years. Oh, okay, because I changed my major three times, so I had to go an extra oh, semester. Shit. All right. So uh, I was in my last semester. Um, and me and Daniel played an acoustic show there, and it was it was a blast. That's <laughs> awesome. I bet people went nuts. Yeah, my buddies. It was a lot of their first time seeing me play. Really? Um, was that your first show? No, oh, that was no. okay. Okay. But like my Purdue buddies and some of the guys that graduated with, they came back for it, so that was pretty cool. Sweet. Um, but getting, so before that, you said you were at Purdue. Yeah, I honestly lost track of where I was at, but. Uh, I didn't really start singing and playing shows. Um, I had to, Daniel was really kind of getting into it. Yeah. And we would text back and forth and Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. And I knew him from high school. Okay. Um, but he was like, dude, come over. We'll play a little bit. And then he was like, I think we're ready for a show. I'm like, I'm not ready for a show, dude. Like, yeah. I just started singing like three, four months ago. And uh, he was like, I booked us a show at Harper's. I'm like, all right, let's oh, do it. Oh, is that in Fort Branch? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, let's do it. And uh, 
So I have to give it to him. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be playing live shows at all. Cause Man. I'm like, I'm kind of like lay low type of, uh, I don't know what the word would be. but Like introvert or shy? I'm not, or like... I would say I'm not necessarily an introvert or shy, but when it comes to stuff like that, I would say I am. Yeah. So like I wouldn't want to go out on a limb and do that by myself. So Yeah. So if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be playing the live shows at all. So Damn, dude. And so him throwing you in that mix, how was that first show at Harper's? Do you remember it? It's one of those things where I was like blacked out because I just don't remember it. Cause like <laughs> it's not because I was drunk. It's just because yeah. like you're in that moment and you're like, I don't remember a single moment. I remember I had a bunch of family and friends there and played a show and remember there's some pictures from it, but yeah, it, it's not like one moment stands out. I just remember the night of being like, dude, this is awesome. So <laughs> were, was it like, uh, was it like love at first experience? Like, were you like gonna, were you like, dude, I want to do this. Yeah. Again, so basically. yeah, I was, I was like, yeah, let's, let's start booking some more shows. This is, <laughs> this is a good time. Yeah. But I mean, the music is still super new to me because that was like probably uh, last, I don't even know, September, August? I don't, not that I don't long know. It was like probably. probably not even a year and a half ago was the first show I played. So uh, that was the first time I ever sang in front of anybody. I never even practiced in front of my parents or oh my friends or anything. So. I, That's they were, crazy. They dude. were probably more nervous than I was, honestly. Yeah, just seeing you up there. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's nuts, man. For only being in it for that short of time, I feel like you've come a long way from the, you know, just from yeah. where you're at today with like playing shows and then having a record out like or having a single out, like mm -hmm. that's a that's a far way to go in a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it probably is. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's gone quick, but it's also gone slow. Yeah, I've tried to kind of build a foundation from it. Like, I don't want to just go out and just do all this stuff. Yeah, right at the beginning, like I'm still playing tiny, tiny places, small yeah. bars, and I haven't got, I haven't gotten up to that next step yet. I'm not really. Yeah. But like, what I notice about you. Um, like I was telling Chloe this, my wife this morning, I'm like, about you, like you, you really, you've branded yourself. Like you brought me a hat. Like I've seen your Instagram where you have like koozies and shit. Yeah. I think like that is a great foundation to like, you, you see yourself as like a brand too, or you see what you're doing as yeah. a brand too. I think that's a great, I, I've, I've always been like similar, like, you know, like yeah. I've always been similar and like, um, making that part of the experience you know i think yeah. people notice that they like they want to rep it too yeah i think that was for me like that was one of the first things i did like when i got into this was like all right i need like a logo i need a brand i need something that can people can like relate with mm -hmm. so then if they're relating with it then they want to listen to the music more push the music more tell more people yeah. about it and stuff like that and it just allows my friends, my family, and the fans of the music to kind of be a part of it too, and it makes yeah. it more special for them. I so. agree. I totally agree. Like, 
I've I've checked out your Instagram a little bit, and I see people, like I see people engaging with you, like they really. I mean, I feel like people really believe in you. They might just yeah. be your friends, some of them, but like that's fucking sweet. Like I see people on there, like dude, keep going, man, keep going. Like, and then if they can own a piece of what you're doing by buying it, it it's also. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, I'm filming a show at the end of the month, and I sent one of my buddies a discount code for the tickets. I'm like, hey, use this promo code. You get half yeah. off for you and your wife. And then today he texted me, hey, I bought tickets, but I didn't use the discount code. I went full price. Because he's like, I want to support you, and I want to support the artists who are playing yeah. there in the best way That's possible. Sweet. And people, I think really people do yeah. want to help you succeed yeah. you know yeah i think that's been the coolest part of this whole thing for me is like i have the greatest friends and family surrounding me pushing me mm -hmm. and like if it wasn't for them with that support it's not just support but like they don't want me to just to succeed because they want me to succeed but they yeah. know that they're going to succeed too if this yeah. music or this song goes well yeah. and so that's the coolest part is they're along for this ride and Man, they're my friends, the amount of support. And I just, I, I can't put into words how much it means to me personally. Yeah. Um, and it's just super cool to see. So, dude, it's fucking badass. I mean, there are some people who, tons of people who start this music thing in one yeah. way or another, whatever genre. And like, they start doing it, they come out publicly doing it, and no one gives a rat's ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just no one cares. Or, yeah. like, maybe their family is small, or they just don't even support, like, yeah. such activities. But to have... But, dude, that's the beautiful thing about being from here. Yeah. Is like blessed, man. Exactly. And, like, to... Um, well, I was just talking to somebody about this last night. But... um. If you're in Gibson County or in Vanderbilt County, Evansville or the surrounding area, I don't mean this in any sort of like um, like power-hungry way or whatever, but you could be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Like you can, you can move and shake things. You can like have some influence. You can have a fan base right out of the gate versus... You know, for some people living in Nashville, they're literally one of a thousand people yeah. within a quarter mile radius writing country songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have a, like you kind of, you can stand out because you're one of the only ones doing it. And it also has its drawbacks. There's not really a scene. So there's not tons of shows or venues or, yeah. you know, but it has its perks of like people really do support you. Oh, it definitely does. Like in my song, Hell of a Ride, Yep. There's a verse that says, and a hell of a hometown family. And when we were writing nice. that song, uh, that part kind of came out, and I was like, yeah, that's it. Like, it's not yeah. just family, but, like, my friends in southern Indiana, like, you are the hometown family. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this for myself. Like, we're doing music together. So. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite verses, and that's my friends love that too. They they think that's sweet. So. <laughs> that's bad. And dude, you have no clue how having that support and that hometown family, yeah. friends, fans, eventually, like how that's gonna like. So we were talking about the strangers before this began. They were in a competition last f 
or like this past fall, like late summer, and it was like voting online, yeah. and th- like their f- their friends, family, and fans who are all a lot of them from like Bloomington to Santa Claus, and then spills over a little bit in Evansville, and then I was like sending out the people too, but like the hometown crowd showed up yeah. every single step of the way and voted them through. And then they, when they, some of them even went to LA to watch them play at the Troubadour and then to come back and like bought, I mean, dude, to go to Louder Than Life and fucking Louisville's like 160 bucks a ticket, yeah. you know, for a day. People showed up for that. It's like they are, it's the same thing and it's yeah. invaluable. And like, I think since you're grateful for it, it's like that's even better, you know, yeah. because it's going to be a positive feedback loop for the yeah for as long as your journey yeah, dude, goes, you know. That's the coolest thing. It's just I'm blessed. There's a lot of people that don't have that support system too. Yeah, I, it, for sure. It'd be almost, I mean, it's obviously possible to make it without that system, but for me, I, it wouldn't be possible. So yeah. I give it all to all my friends and family. So Dude, that's awesome. I mean, that's gonna keep you going through the hard times and like the, like I. Uh, oh, do you know who Dylan Wheeler is? You ever heard of him? <clears throat> He's like a country music or a, a Texas country music. Sounds singer. familiar, but I couldn't couldn't say I did. I think he's coming to the Ford Center uh, next year, supporting Co Wetzel. Okay, I think. But uh, then I'll probably see him in concert. Then you'll probably see him. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably know him by I the end of will. this time next year. But uh, he he posted yesterday something about like, or not yet. I saw yesterday that like a post of his about like, you know, like keeping going on this journey, whatever. And I was thinking, not every artist is like that, where they make it about us and community. Yeah. Uh, like, he does that. Um, one artist who also does that, who I just got turned on to this year, is Jelly Roll. Oh, yeah. He yeah. does that. Uh, he's Like, I saw him play at Louder Than Life, and his was his performance was so much about, you guys helped me get here, you know, I came from this to, I came from a small town or, you know, this trailer part, like whatever to here and, uh, making the crowd part of his success. It was just like, it made another level of emotion that some of the artists who just come out there and play and leave, you know, it's a different You can relate to those artists. Exactly. And it just, you know, there's people who make it and they're like, they're putting it all on their shoulders almost, but Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to support the people who are saying, you know, this is because of you. Yeah. I just think that's cool, especially, like, I'm a huge country country fan. That's about 90% of the music I listen to, I would say. I kind of assumed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, there's artists that they they say, this is because of you, this is for the fans, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, of course, they're going to say that at award shows, but there's some that, that are truly. Gen- truly are genuine about it, and that's pretty cool to see, so... Yeah, who do you, uh, who, so did you get your Spotify wrapped, all the people you listen to on Spotify, do you use Spotify? I'm an Apple Music guy. Did you get, <laughs> do you have some sort of way of seeing who your, like, most listened person yeah. is or some? It was probably, it was probably Morgan Wallen. What's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, but. Well, last night, Chloe, my wife's like, uh, she goes, I, I saw my top five artists on Spotify. 
I said, was Morgan Wallen your top artist? She's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> and she's not, she's a Morgan Wallen fan. Yeah. But dude, he like, she's not like a diehard Morgan Wallen fan. Like, she just likes his music. Yeah. And I mean, I've listened to Dangerous, the deluxe, probably, I mean, probably 60, maybe, maybe 50 times it's from great, front to back. Great album. It's fuck. it's going to go down as like one of the records of the, uh, of like the decade or something. Of all time, possibly. Maybe <laughs> yeah. of all, I mean like. Some of the records, it's just, it's insane. And it's really. every single song, and there's like 30 of them or something. Yeah. Every single one is really, really great. This from the songwriting to the production, it's Joey actually, Moyne. I was, I was actually listening to it on the way here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. I was trying to pull up this this Apple Music wrapped here. Um, they have a wrapped? Yes, they, they do. Uh, I looked at it yesterday at the songs. So I'm still on my parents' Apple Music account. Yeah. And so I looked at the most listened to song, and it was actually a hell of a ride. So. Oh shit! Dude. So I know my parents have been supporting me. So that is awesome, dude. That's awesome. Because I was like, I, I can't imagine what the hell that's like being, you know, listening to your kid's song and oh yeah, digging it's, it. It's cool, but I know uh, I haven't listened to it that many times. It's yeah, <laughs> like yeah. when you get the the work tape for the song, mm -hmm. I listen to it a bunch to like you want to get the song down for the recording. Yep, and so. I listen to it all the time. And then once it comes out, you're like, this is my first song. Like, I'm on Apple Music. This is awesome. Yeah. Listen to it a few times, and you're like, I really, it's kind of weird hearing yourself at some point. Like, yep. I love playing it live because everybody knows the words, and it's just super cool. Um, <laughs> but it's still really weird to listen to. Like, I'm not driving down the road with windows down, listening to my own song. Jamming your own shit. Yeah, I just... I don't know. That's just weird. I to think me. that that's a common. Uh, yeah, that's very. I'm the same. If I'm a part of a record, by the time it comes out, I'll play it yeah. a couple times to like listen to how it sounds on the platform that it's on. But like after that, yeah. Sometimes I'll listen to it because I'm like, yeah, I'll give them a stream. Yeah, it's usually with another band. I'm gonna get another beer real quick. Go for Click. it. Click. Then I want to hear about your. Let's jump into your recording process. Yeah, it was it was Morgan Wong. I mean, I'll take one, yeah. Really? Yeah, so. It's I'm warm. Have to go to Dollar General. It's warm, but like, <laughs> it's a nice little hack. You say it was Morgan Wallen? It was Morgan Wallen. Yep. Jason Aldean, too. Jason Aldean, too. Oh, and uh, Sean Stimley, three. Oh, so shit. we're talking about the, the, the hometown thing. Hometown boy. Have you ever met Sean? I have not, no. Me neither. I saw him play at Bud's once, but I didn't, I didn't know who he was when I saw him because it was like several years back. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a very very good voice, very talented. And he's on, he's on the fucking heavy-hitting uh, record label... Uh, big, big loud, big loud yeah. and God bless America. They, they, they do it, man. Big loud's my favorite. Joey Moy and the producer on there and stuff. Yeah. They're kind of <sighs> taking over. They are, yes. With between Sean Stemley, even Jake Owen, yeah, uh, yeah, and then Wallen. Uh, 
Wallen, Hardy. Hardy, gee whiz. Kind of taking over the rock side of Nashville at the moment. Yeah, on that side too. Yeah. Do you like Hardy? I do. Listen to Hardy. Did you go to the show this past year when they I were in Wallen time? It was a blast. So I didn't get my wife went. That's awesome though. I, I now I fully regret not going. I became <laughs> I became a fan uh like a week after the show, or maybe like right yeah. as the show was happening, yeah. I think I might have became a fan of them. And now I listen to I listen to Hardy at the beginning of the year or whenever that was. I listened to Hardy's record like a fucking million times because yeah. I just was obsessed with it. And then after I found out that Hardy wrote or writes for Morgan Wallen and like yeah. Joey Moy produces both the records, and then it was like I started really diving into the background of who does what. Yeah. Then I found Big Loud and all this. I'm like, man, dude, I love That's this. It. Yeah, yeah, I love these guys. I yeah. love everything that they're doing. Genuinely, I, you know, yeah, it's all good fucking shit. So, speaking of the behind the scenes of making uh, your record, um, so when I, so I first heard you play with Danny at um, Hornville. Yeah. Like it might have been at the beginning of this year, like the end of I can't even really remember when that was, but you remember that it was like one of your like maybe like your second show at Hornville or something. I, it was probably the first show. At maybe the first one. Yeah. It was a fucking banger. Yeah, it was packed. It that was, was packed. The, that was the first show we played um, with Fletcher. Um, yeah, with Fletcher. Yep. Um, so that Legendary. was our yeah. That was our first show together. Um, it was it was a blast. Dude, it was lit. I remember they ran out of buckets for the beer. <laughs> so they were giving out gro- or uh, like yeah, like like plastic sacks with yeah. like eight beers in it or something. Yeah, my my I had a bunch of family there, and uh, my I think it was my aunt walked up to my parents' table with a grocery bag. My dad's like, "Why the heck do you have a grocery bag full of beer?" She's like, "They ran out of buckets." So I'm I'm hearing all these stories after. Obviously, I'm like, "Y'all are." Y'all obviously had a great time last oh, night. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, blew through the buckets. <laughs> but uh, so when I first heard your uh, – so then here you put out a record. When I first heard your record, um, I guess a, month, a couple months ago, I was first like, fuck, dude, his voice is badass. Like your <laughs> voice on – I mean, like when it's – I like it now, but on record, I'm yeah. like, dude, I had no idea. I mean, seeing you live, I could tell you could sing, but like then you hear it on record, and I know it's on record, but I just mean it's like, dude, your voice is a fucking country voice. So it's, <laughs> I appreciate that. It is nice. I appreciate that. And uh, I had, but I had a very similar experience. Uh, do you know who Reed Owing is? He's uh, Kendall's cousin, Danny's girlfriend, Kendall. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been around him, but he's he comes he's been he went I'm he, sure I've probably met him. Or you might recognize him, him yeah. yeah. Tall dude, blonde brown hair. But he's he's like, dude, you should my cousin's dating a country singer. And I'm like, What? This was like <laughs> last year, end of last year, and he sent me on track and I turned on him like, Damn, dude, his yeah. voice is badass. Like I was couldn't believe it that he was in town and I hadn't heard of him. Uh so that's like something that you both I think you both have very different voices but very strong dark or yeah. like deeper male country voices that badass. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh with Danny, he co-wrote uh Hell of a Ride yep. and you produced it with Sean yep. uh down in Nashville. So like how did that come about? Like where 
I know Danny was down there before yeah. with on track, and uh, I think did you you went to shot down yeah, the sessions? Correct. Is that where it all began yeah. for you? Yeah, basically. So Daniel uh, got Sean's name um, through some other guys that were in Sean's camp at the moment. Gotcha. And they might still be. I honestly couldn't tell you who it was that he got got the name from. Um, so he DM'd Sean, went down there, they wrote on track, um, then he produced it. He was like, hey, I'm going back uh, to write another song. I was like, I think I could go. Yeah, you can see what <laughs> he it's was about. Like, he was like, yeah, for sure, dude. And I was like, because I was like, this guy, he's like Nashville producer. Like, I don't know dude, if he's going to want me music, there. his music, fuck. But his music is hits. Oh, like, he's, he's a beast. got some fucking he's a beast. banging skills on the music. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I was like, kind of, like, I don't know if I should go or not, but, uh, <laughs> he was like, no, dude, it'll be fine. So I was like, all right. So I went and that's how I met Sean. Um, we wrote shot down, uh, me, Sean and Daniel did. Okay, sweet. Um, so that was a blast. That was my first experience, um, with like an actual, like actual songwriting. Yeah. Um, so that was a super cool experience. And, uh. I kind of got a feel for what the whole thing was. And um, Sean was like, so you want to get into this too? And I was super wishy-washy. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I want to, but I'm not sure if I can, blah, blah, blah. Because you, like, you, had you written a song no. by then? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wrote songs, but I haven't wrote songs. You that hadn't like sense. wrote a full on, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have some stories about that we can get to. Um, yeah. But so then one day I called Sean and I was like, hey, I'm ready to do this. Like, let's just go for it. So we set up a date um, and Daniel went down there with me. Um, we wrote Hell of a Ride. Um, so I was driving down there. I had no idea what we were going to write a song about. I was like, my friends were like, bro, we got some ideas for music videos, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't even know what the song's about. <laughs> um, so they're like, dude. Have you seen Sean Stimley's video where he's in all their trucks on the, uh, they're at an airport or something, and the windows are down, big jacked up trucks. We're gonna do that, but we're gonna do it with boats. And I'm like, <laughs> that sounds sick, but like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna write a song about drinking beer on a boat or something. So <laughs> I had no idea what we were gonna do. So Daniel and I got out of the car, and Sean's like, "Boys, I got something. Not sure if you like it or not, but we'll see. We'll see if it works." And he had like. Almost the whole chorus written for Hell of a Ride. Oh, love it. It was, I was like, dude, that's it. That's insane. Did it speak, like when you first heard it, did it yeah. speak to you? Yeah, so before I went there, he was like, send me 10 songs that you either love listening to, love playing. Just send me 10 songs that I can get a feel for you. And I was like, all right. So I sent him 10 songs and um, they were, let's see. Like In Color by Jamie Johnson is one of my favorite songs. Love it. Um, Somebody else likes that song. So, yeah. I And then, like, Good Directions, Billy Currington. Um, then Hell there was yeah. Georgia Time, Riley Green, um, More Than My Hometown by Morgan Wallen, some more. But he was like, dude, I got from those that you love storytelling in your songs. And I was like, I guess I didn't really realize that until you said that. And I looked at the songs again. And so then we finished the song and I was like, man, this is not only is this awesome, like this is so cool. Like this is my first experience doing this. And 
So then he sent me the work tape, which we just do like a, almost like a glorified voice memo is how I explain it. Okay. Just so we remember how the song goes, how I can practice it, so he can give me have time to produce it so at that time so you went down for one session and then yeah. you left with basically was it just a guitar recording yeah with then you had to go home and practice the lyrics and the learn the song basically yeah so you could come back and sing it fluently. exactly and i could not sing that song at first really yeah so like in the chorus because it starts so low yeah, does. it does, dude. And there's no uh, like pre-chorus. It just just goes into the yeah. Yeah, it's it's it jumps right in. And so I, I was like, dude, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. Like, we had it a half step down. I'm like, obviously, don't want to go a full step down on the song. Yeah, but like, this is this is hard for me to do. He's like, you gotta just practice. So I probably sang it in my truck, like. 10 times a day for like four <laughs> weeks dude oh my gosh yeah uh just practicing <laughs> yeah like if i was just driving down the road driving home from work or something i would put on the work tape and i would sing it so that's how i got my practice for it and i went in there and i felt really good about it then i heard it i was still kind of nervous because you're like i don't know how this is gonna turn out then i got it, i was like wow sean, <laughs> sean killed this so so when you got down there, so you you take this time to practice it. When you got back down to Sean's studio, did he have a fully fleshed out like yeah. instrumental that you did? So he sang? had the song fully produced. So other than the vocals, yeah. So um, there was the amount of instruments on that song was ridiculous. I mean, there was every kind of guitar you can think of: banjo, mandolin, like. Yeah. I don't know how to play any of those. Organ, like, yeah, like that organ on there. I can barely play acoustic guitar still, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I went down there, um, and he showed me the the fully produced instrumental version mm -hmm. of it, mm -hmm. and I was like, I said, dude, that gave me chills. I was like, let's just release the instrumental. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> yeah. Forget the vocals, Fuckable, dude. Yeah. That was awesome. So when I heard it, I was like, all right, now I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, but I'm going to do my best, so. He killed it with, with the instrumental production. and uh, So then you go down, or you step in, whatever, and you, yeah. you record the vocals. Yeah, so basically what we did is we didn't do it, we didn't do it verse by verse, yeah. obviously, but we did it almost by like... Um, Phrases or sections or... Yeah, it was kind of split up. So like the chorus... We almost split up to like three sections when we produced it, because mm -hmm. he was like, "All right, let's try that in a different, different way. Try to get higher, lower certain spots." Um, and then we did a few in a different. I don't know. It's like it was totally new to me, and like I was super uncomfortable in there at first. But like once I got comfortable, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna try that." Blah blah blah. Yeah. So like we did the first verse, um, and he was like all right, let's just take a second, like, get comfortable. So he played, like, I don't even know what it was. I think it was Georgia Time by Riley Green. He was just, like, singing to it with the headphones on into the microphone like you're recording it. So I could hear the song, and I was singing it, and we did it for a couple more songs just so I could get comfortable. That's a great idea. Yeah. So I've never been in that position, so that's what he did. And I was like, all right, I'm a lot more comfortable now, so let's get after it. <laughs> 
I love that. And I feel like, too, when you're singing along to these people that, you, that you've that you heard a million times yeah. and you're hearing yourself sing with them, you can match their energy. Because, like, something I notice with certain singers is, like, especially rock, they'll come in and they'll, like, try to hit a note. And it's like, dude, yep. you are fucking squeezing and constricting your vocal. Yeah. Like, just relax. Like, if you listen to the records you like, yeah, they're bringing energy, but a lot of times they're relaxed when they're yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? And are comfortable. They're they're in their element fully. Yep. Giving you this performance. So that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, and it's a lot different than playing live. Like, I feel like I was a lot more. I mean, it might be different now. I've only been in the studio one time, obviously for Hell of a Ride, but yeah, I, I was a lot more comfortable on stage. But I mean, looking back, I guess I was super nervous the first time I was on stage too so i think that's something you just get more comfortable with as time goes on so and people do people don't mind um actually i think people respect watching a performer who comes up on stage and quite frankly is fucking scared like terrified of being in front of her because everybody can feel even if they're experienced they know they started somewhere 100 percent. and and getting on stage it's a it's an act of like bravery or courage and people yeah. recognize that and and watching a person go from nervous to calm to just like delivering a performance is a f- really satisfying thing for an audience yeah. member yeah. you know what i mean somebody who's not up there faking it but is genuinely like doing their best people fucking love it dude. yeah i agree i was always i'm a huge sports guy i grew up playing mm-hmm. sports so I was always told that if you if you're not nervous for whatever it is, if you're not nervous for this game, then you shouldn't be out there. Mm. Like if you're you don't, not in tune with what's about to go down. Yeah, if you don't have those nerves before this championship game, if you say no, I'm not nervous at all, you're either lying or you you don't have the desire to be there. Because if you're not yeah. nervous, then that means you don't care. Yep. So obviously, once you're on stage for a couple hours, those nerves go away. Yeah, dude. But, but that that right at the beginning, I still get so nervous, dude. Oh yeah, I'm sure you do. I mean, dude, I've this is my 16th podcast, my third podcast I've had in my <laughs> life, and every episode right before it starts, I get nervous. I just like, like earlier, I was like rushing around, like I gotta get all this shit. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then I walk, I'm walking upstairs with my son, and he stops, and he's like trying to walk. He walks like. <laughs> negative miles per hour you know yeah. and i stopped and i just looked down i'm like all right now we're good everything yeah. is cool dude you, yeah. you know, it's everything's gonna be fine you know it's like any type of performance but yeah dude getting on this fucking stage like I, like I, I used to do it like i when i was in my earlier 20s i was a i, I had a artist project and mm-hmm. i lived in miami and i started doing these open mic nights yeah and I didn't play an instrument, but I produced my own music and I sang on it. So I would go out and I just thought if my music goes anywhere, I need to be able to perform. So just, I'm going to throw myself out there and start performing from the ground fucking level. Cause I couldn't get a show or anything. Like I don't have a band. I didn't play an instrument. So I, I remember going to like my first open mic was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. (laughs) We drove all the way, we drove all the way over there. It's this tiny bar. 
And we walk inside. I'm one of two white people in the whole bar, which I'm not being racist. I'm just saying that's the demographic. Yeah. It was like, I was like, okay, all right. Um, I'm about to go up there and sing. Okay, all right. I hope, they, I hope everybody here likes my music. And it was a lot of poetry. There was like one rapper. And I went up there and I, I played like my beat start, like the beat started and I had my hood on and I was like not facing the crowd. And then I turn around as the beat drops and I like threw my jacket off and every, like everybody's like, oh, like the, <laughs> the 35 people yeah. there went like, whoa, like yeah. they were loving it. And then people are clapping, oh shit, people are clapping and like just digging it. Yeah. And at the end, and I was like, I felt great, even oh, though yeah. I knew, oh, like yeah. I didn't know what the fuck, I don't I don't know how it sounded like I was singing over a beat, you know, yeah. like produced music. Uh, but I got off stage and then like, I remember these two, these two kind of like ladies came up to me and asked me if they could get photos with me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, for of sure. <laughs> but it, you know, like I was, oh dude, fucking one time I got to the open mic, it was at a different spot. Yeah. And there was probably like 40 people there, like a decent crowd and their aux cable broke. So he's like, I can't play your music. He's like, uh, but you're up. Like, do you want to go sing acapella? <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I came out here. I might as well do it. And, dude, I went up there, and uh, I didn't have a reference for a key. Like, I didn't, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh. Like, I didn't have anything. So yeah. I just, like, jumped into my music, and I sang one song, and it was just, like, I was I was just dying. I was dying up there. And then I, I started in on my second and everybody's just I could feel in everybody's eyes they're like, dude, you you poor bastard. Like you're you're fucking <laughs> I feel flopping so around. Bad for this guy. Yeah, dude. This dude without music, he's fucking just <laughs> he's just sinking up there. And halfway through my second song, I just stopped and walked off oh, stage. Gosh. Oh. And I thought, I don't know if I'm ever gonna do this shit again. But I kept going. But it was just like Man. It, you know, going through those moments, though, oh, yeah. of, like, of overcoming fear of just, like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to, like, go do it. I'm just yeah. going to just throw myself out there, and hopefully something happens. Something sticks, yeah. Yeah, hard. something sticks, you know. Man, yeah. I remember, so, the first real show I played, I was talking about Harper's earlier, but the first time I played live music was in my driveway. This was, like, probably two weeks before Daniel and I played. Yeah. And we were, like... A little trial run or yeah, something. Yeah, we were, like... I was, like, dude, I got to have a practice run. He was, like, all right, let's do something. And so we booked it for... Talked to my parents, did it in the driveway, and just had uh, my family and our closest friends there. So there was, like, probably 25, 30 people there. Um, dude, I was so nervous for that show. <laughs> My mouth was so dry. <laughs> <laughs> we did like 20-something songs, and halfway through, I went inside and put like five cough drops in my mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling everybody, like, I'm so nervous. My mouth's so dry, blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny. I also realized it's too, I probably had too much bush light before because I didn't realize how much beer dries your mouth out. Yeah, when you're trying to. Yeah, yeah. so whenever I sing now, I do not drink any beer. I'll have maybe one before, but yeah. I don't drink any beer. I stick to stick to my vodka tonics. There you go. Uh, my grandpa, he was a big VT guy, so gotcha. That's what I drink on stage now because the beer dried my throat so much and my mouth so much. I was like, "Oh, this is so bad." Cotton like, mouth yeah. to the nth degree. Oh, dude, it was bad. So, 
You got to learn those lessons the hard way, but I don't Oh, yeah, it. dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's funny. So you, you were performing. Did you have a little PA system yeah, so set that, up we, in the driveway? Yeah. So we live. You have neighbors? Well, we're kind of out in the country. Oh, okay. I mean, we have neighbors. Actually, one of the neighbors from across the street walked up our driveway and was like, I heard music and it sounded pretty good. So I just walked over here. Oh, that's And awesome. that was, uh, we moved into that house probably a year or so ago. So we haven't been there terribly long okay so that's kind of meeting him or something so we never met this guy before we're like who is this guy walking up the driveway <laughs> and so he introduced himself we're like oh that's i guess that's pretty cool stay, nice and, you. stay and hang yeah along. we're like stay and hang man but uh, that's awesome so how did you uh how did you meet danny did you guys go to school together yeah so we both went to north um you guys the same age no he's a year older than me oh, okay um i think he might have been two years at school i don't yeah two years okay. at school did you guys run around in high school? Uh, no, not really. Um, huh. I knew you I knew met him, him through his mom or something. Or basically, like through, basically. Through lessons. Um, so we know his uh, aunt. I guess it'd be his aunt and uncle pretty well. Hunt okay. with his uh, hunt with his uncle. Oh, cool. Um, so we knew them well, and I think that's probably my mom hooked us up with the guitar lessons with her. So I'm guessing she met okay. somehow. They all knew each other. Gotcha. Um, so. I met Daniel through that, but also um, his sister drove me home from high school a few times, at, or actually for like a whole semester. Oh, shit. And we both sat in the back seat because we she was the worst driver ever. <laughs> you and Daniel sat in the back seat? Yeah, because we were scared to sit in the front seat. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. His, is his sister older than Daniel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about his family, really, but that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yes, yeah, so you guys knew each other. Then, what's eventually guitars got brought yeah, up? Yeah, so I was. It was in college when I we, my senior year when I really became close with him. Um, he would post videos and stuff of him on Snapchat, and whatnot. I'd comment like, because obviously we were friends, but like we weren't that close. Yeah. Um. So we just started talking back and forth, like sending each other different song ideas and videos of us playing different songs and we were like all right let's let's get together and play some tunes so we got together quite a bit and we're playing and then it just kind of built from that so that's cool dude yeah danny's a great guy he's one of like the nicest fucking people oh he's so down to earth he is great dude dude. i told chloe uh my wife so the first time he came over we found out quite a bit the last year i guess but uh What's funny is I had an idea for a podcast last year, uh, and I did like two episodes like a year and a half ago yeah. over the summer with two bands I'd met or an artist and a band I met. And then I had an idea to do it again, and I was like, I'm going to have Danny on. So I tried to get him on, and it just didn't work out. And then we hung out a bunch, but uh, I just haven't asked. I haven't invited him on the podcast yet. Got to get him on here. I got to get He's him on. He's got some stories, dude. He could tell stories all day. Oh, yeah, dude. But that's what ends up happening is, like, every time he comes over, we'll be like, hey, let's work on some music. Let's, like, let's just see if we can come up with anything. <laughs> yeah. We drink beer and, like, hang out oh, yeah, till we've... fucking 1130. <laughs> yeah, so one morning, <clears throat> Hornet's Nest, restaurant bar, best brunch in town, let me tell you. So we were getting... Oh, dude. So good. Fire. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Um, They're buffalo chicken biscuits. Fire. Best thing I ever had. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were like, let's go get some brunch there. We'll have, you know, a mimosa or something. You know, they got good deals on them. 
and then we'll go write a song. Bro, we were there for a few hours drinking mimosas, went back to his house. But first, we had to stop at the liquor store and get some beer. <laughs> then we stopped at a buddy's house, and we're talking to him. We're like, hey, come on over. We'll drink some beer. <laughs> so then we went back to his house, drank, and we didn't even touch a guitar the whole day. <laughs> we just hung out, talking, yep. drinking. So yeah. But, I mean, stuff like that, too. Like, you can't just write a song with anybody. I like, agree. You can, but it's not going to be as good as it could be. Like if you have that relationship, like if you're tight with them. Yeah. Um, and so like even playing with Daniel and Fletcher, like the first couple times we just kind of hung out. And I think that's like the most important part. Like if you can bond and like get that relationship, yes, dude, it's going to make, make it so much easier to play with them. So. Agreed, dude. And like you know that if you can get along, like Fletcher came over before too, and it was the same shit. I listened to the recording the next day. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? We thought it was cool last night, you know, but it was just noise. You know, there yeah. was like two parts that were not bad, you yeah. know, but everything else was like, no. I but I, so I heard one time uh, a story about you know who Diplo is. Oh yeah, the producer. Diplo hung out with um. Oh fuck! What's his name? Uh, Luke DJ Luke. No man. Fuck, dude! I forgot his name. Luke Combs. No, he's a <laughs> uh, Luke. He's a he's a producer who produced like Katy Perry and Kesha. It's like back in the like back in the day. A little TikTok, little shit. Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> Maybe song. he made that. I don't even know, but. I used to like that song. Too. Oh, dude! Yeah. TikTok before TikTok was a fucking it was thing. It's been watered down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, D oh, fuck! I had it for a second. Luke, DJ Luke. No, it ain't DJ Luke. Anyway, uh, I'll figure. Oh, you'll come to me yep. later. But they were hanging out, and I remember hearing Diplo in an interview say, "Oh yeah, we hung out one time, and we didn't make any music. Yeah. We hung out for a whole day. We didn't make a damn song." <laughs> and I thought, I think of that sometimes because like. On two, uh, yeah, Tuesday of this week is my first. Like, I I went out of town with my wife over the weekend, so we came back Monday. So Tuesday was my first day back at work, like in the studio and like doing shit. And I was just having a rough day. It was yeah. just one of those days where like I just thought the world was heavy as fuck and couldn't find my way. And then uh, Sam with Swamp Eyes gets here to work on some stuff, and we just start talking. And then I was like, uh. I said, dude, I don't, because like sometimes we'll drink a beer when we're working. Yeah. I was like, I I would love a fucking beer. Man. <laughs> I just, I've had a rough day. He's like, let's go get a beer. Yeah. So instead of making music that day, for better or for worse, we went and drank some beer and like talked about what was going on. Yeah. Then started talking about ideas and like he helped me like think about the way to approach some of these situations I'm in and like. He, we left that day. He's like, I know we didn't record anything today, but he's like, I feel like today was pretty necessary. Yeah. And I'm like, it was, dude. Like, I needed this just to sink back into the moment and oh, yeah. the the situ like the work and stuff. It's like I needed to just like do this with you. Oh, yeah. You know, I know. What even if exactly. we didn't fucking record a damn yeah song, you know, or we didn't really pick up anything that. Day, but <laughs> it's like that's just sometimes that happens, you yeah. know. It does. Uh, for I better mean, or for worse, but yeah, I mean, for me, like those, like just moments, there are certain moments that happen that lead to songs and lead to music. Yeah. So like 
that's what I draw from whenever I'm trying to write a song. Like, I don't want to just write a song to write a song. I want to write a song that's going to relate to somebody, just if it's one person. Like, I was talking to Sean. The only reason, the biggest reason I do this is if my song, Hell of a Ride, or if my live show at the Hornet's Nest or my live show at Hornville or wherever I'm playing, if I can reach one person that night, it was worth it. Yeah. Like, I'd be cool if it reached everybody there, or half the people, but if one person gets touched or if one person it made their week, it turned their week around, turned their day around, if they get finally got a smile out of it or something, it was so worth it. Like, that's why I love to do this. Like, that's all That's all it's about for me, really. Dude, you know what's cool? I'm going to be real with you. I I believe you when you say that. Like, I think some people would say that and be bullshitting. Yeah. But I remember seeing your video. I think Sean made it with you or for you or was it? I don't know. The video that you saw, like pinned on your Instagram. Uh, I don't even. The remember. one that you're like talking about. Oh, what yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. Means Sean, for you. Sean did that. Yeah. So I was watching that video. I mean, fuck. Like, I think it was like a month or two ago. I don't even know. But whenever that you posted that and I was yeah. thinking, dude, you're a genuine dude. Like you are a genuine dude. Like you seem really like a genuine dude. And like when you say those things, I believe you. I'm like, yeah, I I think he actually like that is like his thing, you know. Like it's a, it's like a real, and I think that that is really a good quality to have, yeah. especially as a country artist, dude. Like you're an authentic human being, like sharing your story or trying to relate to people. And as you grow, like that's what I love about country artists too. Is like a lot of times I think they grow as artists with their records and i mean other artists do too but yeah. like like i think that like a country artist like can sing about these situations of their life when they're in their 20s and then 30s and 40 like then it evolves to having kids and then it evolves to you know like yeah. growing old it might you know like all, it, it evolves to the stages of life and it, it it can do that as yeah. a country artist you know what i mean yeah and i gotta give all that to my parents like the way they i mean i was raised in a great household a lot of people aren't blessed with that so yeah i love them and thank them for that growing me or building me into the man i am today i mean i wouldn't be here if it wasn't the way they raised me and growing up in a good strong christian household too with those foundations man it's yeah. just i'm very blessed and i just i want to be able to do something for for those people that have done something for me so that's another way i'm another reason i'm pushing um in this music i think that i'm trying to help them since they did so much for me so 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 on that note what what do you want to do like where do you want to take this thing like what's next for you it's a great question um i don't know Still or, figuring it out yeah i would yeah. say so i mean for being in this for not even two years, year and a half or so. I'm still trying to figure everything out. You know, it's there's a lot that goes into every decision in music. Um, so I know that I'm probably going to go, um, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but I'll probably have a song out in February, my next song, February okay. or March. Um, this will come out uh, not tomorrow, but next Friday. So right, it'll be out way before Yeah, that, so... People can hear about the the new tune that's going to come out, but I went up there, I don't know, a few, like what was that, like a month ago or something. Okay, um, working on with, number two. Yeah, wrote it with Sean. Um, it's called On the Record. Okay, really, sweet. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, and so I'll probably go up there and record it uh, probably sometime in January. Okay. Um, is the goal. 
and I would like to release it in February, March. So sweet. So we'll see where it goes from there, but uh, I'm really trying to push for a lot of shows this spring, trying to hit it hard. Um, and I'm trying to kind of revolve it all around the song. So the calendar's kind of all up in the air right now. So I'm trying to kind of in the figuring out stages of what this next year is going to hold. But I think there's going to be a lot of super cool things. I have a lot of cool things in mind that I want to do. Yeah. Um, I know there's going to be one of my buddies, um, Eric Brinker, works for a company called Grow, and they're going to help me out with building a website. Um, Sweet. So that'll help push merchandise and songs and YouTube and stuff like that. So looking forward to that as well. But uh, this next song on the record, dude, Oh, I'm looking forward to that. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. I I could talk about it for a while. I mean, uh, we went up there and he was getting ready and he was like, just read me off a bunch of different either songs you've written or ideas or something. And so back at Purdue, one of my good buddies, Wade Hart, okay, uh, we would always find ourselves at Harry's Chocolate Shop. Oh, which, yeah. Which is actually a bar. Yep. Um, we would go there probably way too much. Um, but anyway, so after the bar, he'd be like, bro, let's go write a song. I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we're a few drinks in, and we go back to my apartment. I lived with three other buddies that were my fraternity brothers. And they'd be like, uh-oh, Wade and Sam are here to write another song. <laughs> so we would write some I mean, some of them aren't bad, but some are yeah. just like, God, this is so awful. Like, I can't believe we wrote this. But one of them uh, it said along the lines of like, like this old vinyl spinning in my living room. Or it said like, world news, like the vinyl sitting in my living room or something. Okay. And so I read that to Sean and he was like, I think we can probably work with that. So we kind of took that idea and I told my buddy Wade, he was like, bro run with it he was like that is so cool like he, <laughs> I was, he was like, like please yeah. yeah that's awesome dude but uh because it starts out it's like world news um how does it even start world news like the oh my goodness i can't even think now i'm thinking of the old song it's stuck in my head that's all but, right yeah but uh anyway it's basically about uh you were with some girl and y'all were y'all were a thing for a while, but you wouldn't change your ways and she was trying to change you and you were like, I don't I don't need change, like stop trying to change me. Yeah. But then she leaves you and you realize that she was trying to change you for the better. Mm. So now you're finally going on the record saying Oh sweet. I should have changed for you. So That's it's it's good, kinda like man, man it kinda hits. Yeah, it kinda I see hits. Where you're so headed. headed. Uh, so I'm looking forward to people hearing that one. I think it'll be a, a big time song that people. Are Is it a love. slower or a upper beat? Uh, it's kind of almost a. It's like a slower hell of a ride. Is how I would explain it. So the the verses are deeper, slower than hell of a ride. Than the choruses, they're not as high as hell of a ride. But Is there a pre-chorus? No. Love it. There's not. We go straight into it again. <laughs> <laughs> I do like pre-courses, but I like songs that don't have pre-courses. Like your, your Hell of a Ride doesn't have a pre-course, and I, I think yeah. that's cool. So we go straight into it again. It's kind of a similar setup, um, but it's, it's a little slower. It's, I, would, I mean, it's definitely slower. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. You know, dude, like, I really like... So, for example... I'm calling them out on this fucking podcast because we debate about it all the time. But <laughs> the strangers, 
they 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 see differently the way that music should be made like i like i like knowing that like for example they said one time when i seen them before like several months back i hadn't seen them in a while they're like what have you been up to and i was like well I've really been into country music. Like I've been yeah. listening to a lot. I've been working on some. Like I've been hanging out with Danny. Like yeah. I've just been. It's been in my world. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, who, "Who are you listening to?" And I was like, "A lot of Morgan Wallen and Hardy." And they're like, "Morgan Wallen, are you fuck?" Like they I have all these feelings about it, which yeah. is fine, whatever. But uh, but uh, they have all these feelings about it, which whatever. But I'm like, I was like. If you listen to Morgan Wallen's music and then you look at the credits, who wrote the songs, yeah. who played on the music, you get, you dive into it, you realize Morgan Wallen is a piece of Morgan Wallen yep, in yep, terms of yep. the record. And I, as somebody who works behind the scenes in music, really like knowing, like yeah. I follow a lot of his... Um, like not his but a lot of people who play on his record like Derek Wells and yeah. these different guitar players and then uh Joey Moy of course uh who produced it and then some of the songwriters yeah and I like knowing all of that oh. I like th I like when artists are a piece of a bigger uh like mechanism that is their project because yeah. I work on projects so i like that of course i also really respect when an artist like does everything themselves like swamp eyes who i work with writes plays guitar plays drums plays bass plays everything yeah. and sings on his own records That's and insane. i just mix it and yeah. record it and master and i produce it but like so there's just two different things but there's no right or wrong way to make a record no. but i really like when it's uh when pe like like for example with you i feel that there's it's a win win like you you uh you let other people perform on your record so they you get great performances yeah you get fucking great you've only been playing the guitar seriously for you know not that long you get some guy on there who's been playing the guitar for 20 years and he shreds that would be just, uh baggio from where shout out he lives in nashville he works with Sean on Okay. All, all of his songs okay. uh, that he produces. Absolutely. He played the steel guitar, acoustic, electric, mandolin band. He played it all on my song. Um, bro, he's he's a beast. He's so insane. I want to give him a quick shout out. But. Love it. And see, that's what I'm saying. And like, not only not only is it performed at that like, like insane level that would be really hard to play at, like session musician level, yeah. he probably did it pretty quickly. Like yeah. as in, as in, it probably didn't. He, they probably didn't sit there for fucking days trying to get one yeah. guitar part, which happens with not like novice guitarists. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of it. Like I, I just think it's efficient. And to me, I like working that way. We're like yeah. bringing in other people to play stuff on records. It just to me, it's like, dude, it's it's for the music. It's like in the best interest of the music to get this performance at this level. Yeah. So who gives a shit who plays it? Because when I hear the record, I hear the record. Like I hear a band. I hear the singer, the songwriter. Like I hear the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being in music for me, like lately, I've got a much larger appreciation for the art of the song. 
and not just the song. Yeah. Like fans of the music, you know, you you love the song and you love this artist, but when you're in it, you're like that songwriter, that yeah. producer, that guitar player, everybody who's been a part of that piece of art. It's just you have a much bigger appreciation for it. Oh yeah, so. dude. Oh yeah. And that like until you're in it. Looking for my damn bottle of water. <laughs> fucking over there. You dude. can have this one. That's not open. Ah, oh, dude. Thank you. There we go. But you're exactly, dude. Until you get in it, I remember, dude. I remember having a girlfriend in eighth grade. I'm not gonna say her name, but thank God I dated her for this short <laughs> amount of time because she said she sent me a song and she said, "Listen to the words." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm listening." She's like, "No, I want like like listen to what it's saying." And I was in eighth grade or sixth. I don't even. I was young, but I yeah. remember being like, "Whoa!" It's like, like telling a story. That was like yeah. the first time I connected with lyrics. Then I remember being in high school and finding out that the uh, electronic music I liked by David Guetta mm -hmm. was made like he was the producer, and then he would have other singers on the song. And I thought a producer is a role. Like it like yeah. blew my mind oh, that yeah. people were so I was like, I want to be a producer when I get older. That was like what I wanted to do. Well, I wanted to be a DJ, but then it was like, no, I just want to be a producer. Like I like yeah. it was like it just felt like once I found out that there other people worked on records, it was like it opened up a whole world of possibilities that I had no fucking clue. So until you're and I was DJing at the time, but I think until you're in it. You really, I mean, some people do, but most people don't mm -hmm. think about all the people involved and all the moving parts that make up all the, the records pieces, they love, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, of course, it's cool. Like, we were, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier about Taylor Swift, and he was like, he's like, I mean, people blow their load over the fact that she writes her own music, her own songs, and he's like, but I mean, that's cool, but like, it's, I mean, it's like a lot of people do that, and I'm like, you're right, a lot of people do, but... A lot of people don't, too. You yeah. know, a lot of people don't write their own songs. Yeah. So it's just a different, it's different, just different strokes for different folks, basically, at the end of the day. But yeah. but I like the process that you're doing. I'm really interested in it. I think it's cool. Yeah, I like how there's so many different processes to do it. You just got to respect every single one because everybody does it their own way. Like, there are some people who just absolutely kill at doing it their own way, their yeah. own, doing it all on their own. And then there are some who just, kill it when it's a team effort so yep. i respect every especially now that you're that you like get an inside like view of the whole thing like yeah. not the whole thing obviously i've seen a very <laughs> small portion of it but, but the making of a record thing yeah part of it um yeah. you get a you get a much larger respect like i said it's just it's really cool to see and dude it, it'll probably shift and evolve like as your career goes on yeah. there'll probably be a where you spend so much time in a studio, if this keeps going, that you're like, you. So what are you doing? You start picking up on it, and yeah. then, and then you start, you know, maybe one day you're like producing your own record, or you're like playing a big, like John Party played a big role in his yeah. own new record. You know, like you love you, John Party. Oh, me his fucking music. too. Did you go to the? Were you at the when he played in Evansville with? Uh, no. Oh shit. No. I feel I feel bad for you, man. Yeah, just, it was fucking great though. Shit, I went with me and my wife, and uh, phew, great. He just came out, 
bam, like didn't fuck around. I told, I, t- I was telling people, I actually told my brother who has no idea who John Party is, but I was like, dude, what I love about the artist I saw recently was that he came out on stage, blasted into his song, yeah. played his set, gave nothing but love and left. And it was the most professional, yeah. badass fucking performance no politics, no bullshit, just came out, did his thing, and left. Oh, and yeah. it was so dope. And Brooks and Dunn did the same. They killed yeah. it. Yeah, so there are some people who are just born to perform, just entertain. Like, there's some people who have an insane voice, but they're not the greatest live performer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think now, especially now, nowadays, you have to not only be, have a good voice, but you got to be able to put on a show like that's what you're doing that's probably my favorite part of this is putting on a show being an entertainer just allowing people to have a good time not just focus on the music it's about the music but it's about the time that everybody's together so do you or do you practice that part or like how do you no do you see people or like do you like pick up on Shit, other people I would, are doing, or like what? Yeah, is I would it just say doing it. You know, I would say I love going to concerts. Probably my that going to Purdue sports games. <laughs> big Purdue fan. <laughs> going to see them play Michigan in the Big Ten championship Saturday. So oh, we'll, sweet. We'll see how that goes. I'm a little nervous, but I'm I'm confident in my boys. But yeah. anyway, I do, especially now, watch the entertainment entertainment performance side of it a lot more. Yeah. Um, like, and I think about it and I, the next day I'm like, oh, that was super cool what he did or the way he brings energy to the crowd, especially for the openers. Like, yeah, their job is to get that crowd energy from zero to a hundred as fast as they can for that, for that main performer. Yep. And so I really like watching the openers play almost more like Hardy, what he did for Morgan Wallen when he opened. That was just absolutely insane. But <laughs> he's just on a whole other level, especially yeah. with his music. I mean, it was insane what he did. and Just the way they bring energy and then the crowd feeds on it. Oh, yes. There's nothing like it, dude. Dude, I feel like the fact that you recognize that the opener is is like, it's not that they have a specific, well, they kind of do have like a specific job. Or yeah. like they're, it's like they're there. Well, it's a lot different, I think, when you're on tour and yeah. you bring somebody that you really believe in or that you know or that you're, like, friends with. Best friends with. with, in their case. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little different than, like, playing at a show where you're three bands and the yeah. person had, you know, it's, like, it's a lot different of a yeah. thing. But, like, I, I think you're exactly right. Like, an, an opener who really kills it, it's, like... They they give love to the person who's headline. You know, they oh, yeah. give, it's like they give love to the headlining art. It's like this beautiful relationship. I think sometimes, even myself, when I'm booking shows, like I forget that that there is a mutual respect. There oh, is yeah. like a you're further down the line type thing, or like you know how that relationship all works. Mm-hmm. But it is a legit, yeah, it's a legit dynamic. You know, the opener. I forget who opened for John Party and uh, uh, Brooks and Dunn, someone I hadn't heard of, but oh, it was uh, my parents went and they told me all about him. But uh, and I've heard of his music, and I can, yeah, he killed it. I can picture him too, but I don't know his name. 
Uh, maybe was it Tyler's? Tyler? No. Yeah, I think it might. It was Tyler Booth. Yes. That's who it was. Yes. Yes. Fuck. I forgot about that. He's got that. a sweet voice. Super deep. Yeah. He was entertaining as hell, too. Yeah. He did a great job. Because at first, I'll admit, sometimes I see an opener, like, for example, I was, in, I just didn't realize what I was watching. But I went and saw Drake when I was in high school, <laughs> 2012, when I was a senior. And uh, his openers were ASAP Rocky and Kendrick Lamar. Wow. But back then... They were... Yeah. They were not ASAP Rocky and Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah. They were like on the brink of becoming those huge people. That's yeah. why Drake had him on his tour because Drake was already killing it. But I remember listening to Kendrick Lamar, who I b- came to really love. Yeah. When I first heard him perform at Drake uh, at Drake's show, he came out in a red hoodie and rapped, like really didn't move around and rapped, and like did all this crazy vocal like like lyrical shit and I, it just went over my head. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like I came watching? to see Drake, yeah. you know. ASAP Rocky killed it. He had like one big song out, I think, at the time. But uh but I remember thinking like what? Like so sometimes I'm real judgmental about openers or I used to be. Yeah. I'm not anymore really. But but when a when an opener comes out and you don't know who they are and by the end you're like I really fucking liked it like yeah. they brought some energy or they like won me over yeah that's always like a fun experience it happens at music fest I'm not if you've been to music many music festivals but like it happens there too like you'll stumble across an artist uh, it's happened to me a couple times where I'm like it happened to me with yeah. Jelly Roll I was like I've heard a couple of his hits but then I saw him perform like wow yeah. This dude's the fucking real deal. Yeah, he's great. Independent know. artist. Oh yeah, dude. one of a Just, kind guy. I met his drummer after the show, and That's he was like sick. super fucking nice. Gave me <laughs> a big hug and like listen. Like we talked for a minute. He gave me like the time of day. It was like really. Now we follow him on Instagram. And sometimes I bullshit with him, and yeah. you know, it's just he's like a really genuine dude. Everybody in that camp is like so nice. Really fucking yeah. nice people. So it backs up the whole brand, you know. Yeah, it's not it does. bullshit. Yeah. But so uh we can wrap this up in a sec. I do I do have one segment. Yeah. So it's called Don't Think, Just Act. So I'm I'm gonna rifle off a like ten names, terms, ideas, whatever, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Oh dear. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. You got this. <laughs> All right, and it's it's based off of shit that I think relates to your life or okay. I've kind of discovered, and some of it's genuinely I would like to know. Yeah. Number one, faith life. Strong. <laughs> Is the are these supposed to be one word answers? Yeah, no, or? they don't have to be one word answers. It's just the first thing that comes to mind. Sometimes that's one word, but okay, you could think about or no, no I, not think about, it, but you can elaborate if you wish. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, I could I could talk about this for a while just because it is a long story. But uh, a long story short, so I was the chaplain of my fraternity in, at Purdue, okay, Alpha Gamma Row, okay. Um, and so I would lead a weekly Bible study there every Wednesday. Um, I wouldn't, I would help lead. Sometimes I would lead like once a month. Um, okay. but I was the chaplain and worked with a couple other guys. Um, and so for about a small part of my life, I actually wanted to be a pastor. Really? And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was, 
this what you're doing doesn't seem like it's far off. No. So like I was told that there are a lot of other ways that you could spread the gospel. You don't have to be a pastor. And so that kind of related with me more than anything because I was going through like, I don't know if I can, if I want to do that. Like, yeah, as a job. Yeah, it'd be, it. there's a lot of pressure. Like you're looked upon, like you got to ride that line. Yep. And I like to have a bush light every once in a while also. So <laughs> I was like, I can spread the gospel and I can drink a couple of bush lights. So uh, I was also blessed being growing up in a strong Christian household, taking me to church every Sunday morning, even though I didn't want to go when I was young, obviously. Mm-hmm. But now it's, you look back, you're like very thankful for that. So there's my long, short answer of that. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Green, uh, God. Uh, Country artist sings, uh, he's got the alter ego, Yee Yee. Granger Smith. Granger Smith. Yes. Reminds me of you a little bit in that sense on yeah. social media. Yeah. He is. He's uh, a great dude. Yeah, he's got that you part. Can just tell. Yeah, he's got that part of his, of his thing too. Is the is faith and uh, he's got like I mean, dude, he does like the whole helping people like they yeah. call in and shit. He's got the show. Uh, when I first saw, I've seen some of your posts about you know uh, you're spreading your faith and like. It reminds me of him. It reminds me that that can actually be an integral part of who you are yeah. and of what you do, you yeah. know? So so I, I have two things I have to do before every show. One is listen. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm having a brain fart. Phil Collins' song in the air tonight. Goodness. <laughs> I have to listen to that song. And I have to say my, The whole fucking thing? Yeah. Nice. It gets me so hyped up. Um, I have to listen to that, and I have to say my prayer. So if I get those two things done before the show, I know I'm good to go. <laughs> Love it, dude. Love it. I I every night before bed, I go and I I don't pray over August, but I want to say like I pray like I am on like he's in his bed and I'm leaning over the bed yeah, and pray, yeah. and he doesn't pray because he doesn't know. Doesn't understand. Yet. Yeah, but yeah. we do that as a nightly routine yeah. as like, you know, our bedtime prayers because my parents did that with me and I think it's a great way to check in with oh, him yeah. and, and, and make that connection uh, before we close our eyes at night. So yeah, for sure. It, it just makes the thing go around. Okay. So next one, dream gig, where would you love to play or what show would you love to play or who would you love to play? What's your dream gig? Dude. So first answer which is almost weird to say, but it'd be the Ford Center, dude. Like growing up that in Evans, weird to say it's the sickest venue in the. Oh, it is. First of all, in almost a, in a big radius. It was it was up for uh, CMA. I think it was CMA or something for best venue. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's because we have fucking bangers and they sell out for dude, country music. I don't know why Evansville is so huge and does so well with country music, but like. Justin Moore opened his tour here. Jason Aldean, Morgan Wallen's come. Kenny Brooks Chesney's about to come here. Yeah, we're going. Yeah. Brooks and Dunn open their tour here every time. Dude, it's like some reason Evansville, Indiana, they love their country music, and I love that about it. But also Fort Center just because that's where I'm from. It'd be super cool to play here. So I'd say that for sure be the dream place to play. If Sean Stanley did it, you can do it. Oh, he opened for Justin Moore here too. I saw – Yep. Justin Moore opened his tour at the Ford Center and yep. Stemley opened for him. And that was that was super cool to see. So 
this is weird. No, it's not even weird. It's just funny how things work out. My grandma passed away last year. Mm-hmm. So somebody in our my wife's side cuts out the obituary, laminates it, and send it, sends it to me. And, you know, I saw it, and I'm like, I know she passed away. I went to the funeral. It's been a whole thing. Like, yeah. I, I didn't feel like I needed to read the obituary. Yeah. So it just sat, it was on our fridge for, like, months. And one day, I shut the fridge, or August knocked. Something happened, and the obituary fell off. The obituary fell upside down. And on the back, I saw the word, or I saw the name Sean Stemley. I'm like, what's this? Like, and I picked it up. You know, it's a newspaper, so it's yeah, on the back. Yeah. It has a whole story. And it wasn't the whole story, but it was a lot of it. And it was about his journey and wow. how he moved to Nashville. This was right, by the way, right as I was figuring out who Big Loud was and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I read about his journey and how he was talking about him coming back to the Ford Center to play and how yeah. I think he, like, was it was like his dad's company or something where he like drove a yeah. machinery yeah, to his help dad pour the Stemley excavating or okay I think it's ex is it excavating or concrete or something it's something it's one yeah. of the two <laughs> but they were involved in the building yeah, of the yeah. Ford Center and he was talking about how it's crazy to come back and play it only not that many years after yeah, and he was like so I've read that and it was just crazy like and I was like fuck like. Yeah. Thanks, Grandma. I thought it like I felt like it was like a yeah. Grandma moment. Yeah, you know. And then I did read her obituary, and I'm like, yeah, this is it's a great obituary. I've, you know, should have read it. Yeah, yeah I should have read it. But that's yeah, that's I, dude. I don't blame the Ford Center. What an epic fucking place. It is cool for shows. Yeah, it's perfect setup. So. It's beautiful. All right. Uh, yeah, dude. And then you see an artist that like, did you go to the Co Wetzel show? Yeah. You yeah. see Coetzel there, and he just fucking lights it up, dude. Yeah. I think I met you at the Coetzel show. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was actually the first time we met in person. Yes, I forgot about that. I was, we were off probably. Both we had a few drinking. too many drinks probably before. Yeah, 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 but that was a good time. That was a great fucking show, dude. What's funny is I, uh, Danny had sent me Coetzel. He's like, you should check out the Sardis. He's playing here soon. <laughs> I was telling Chloe, I really want to go, but yeah. t- tickets at that time was like seventy bucks. I'm like, I don't know, and. uh it was like two days before the show. She's like, if you want to go, you should just go. Like, stop talking about it. So I yeah. just bought a, a ticket and just went by myself. Really? I, I, I went to my friend who lives downtown. I went and drank a few beers at his house beforehand. And he lives kind of close to the Ford Center. So then I was like, I'm going like, uh, to go chill with him. Then I'm just going to go. Yeah. And him and his girlfriend drove me down, dropped me off there. But like, dude, it was... I saw a ton of people I knew. I met you. You know, it's like yeah. it's like a fucking reunion when you yeah. get there. But uh, I, I remember walk, that was my first country concert in a long time and my first concert at the Ford Center maybe ever. I've seen really? other shit there. Yeah. Like Cirque du Soleil and different shit. Or maybe my second concert there. But like when that, when fucking he came on and lit that bitch up, Oof. it was like. Yeah. Wow, like this is the coolest shit I've seen in a hot minute. It was yeah. mind blowing, dude. Yeah, it's a it's a cool oh place to see a show. God. I might go this year. When it comes back <laughs> I might have to also. Yeah, Daniel said that to me. I was like, "Yep, we're going." He's like, "All right." <laughs> well, I, I kind of want to see D- uh, Dylan Wheeler. Do you know Palmer Anthony? I don't. know. Danny actually sent me one of his tracks. Uh, Drink to That is a song that he sings. It's kind of blowing up a little bit. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I'll send you that after this shit. Uh, But I got something else to talk to you about after this, too. (laughs) Okay, so 
most memorable moment as a performer? Does one come up? Most memorable moment as a performer or as as Sam Hahn, the country artist? Yeah. I would say the most memorable for me was the first, I think, I don't know if it was the first solo show. Um, it wasn't the first, but it was after Hell of a Ride came out, I was playing at the Hornet's Nest. And I was playing, I was playing it and I just heard everybody singing in the crowd to it. And so I stopped singing and just kept playing guitar and they just carried the rest of the song. Whoa. And to me, that made... That gives me cold chills. Yeah, that made me, I knew for a fact at that moment that doing everything up to that moment was so worth it just because of that. Like it was, it was the coolest moment ever. Like, dude, that's amazing. something I'll never forget seeing all my friends and family and even some people I barely know raising their drink or blaring or <laughs> singing the song at the top of their lungs. Like oh, God. it was so cool. Dude, that's fucking badass. God bless the hornet's nest. Yeah. I've played I'll, I'll definitely have some shows shows there coming up. So. Sweet. I need it's to only, come out and see It's you only there. two minutes from my house, so it's like perfect. Oh, yeah, dude. It's right there. Yeah. I need to come up there and see you sometime. Yeah. I, I've never actually been to a show at the Hornet's Nest. They got a, they oh, redid I... the stage probably a couple of years ago, or the whole bar area, so they got a big old, big old stage up there now. So it's really? Cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Sweet. All right. Favorite artist all time? Whew. That's so tough, dude. That's so tough, because I'm... Who came to mind? Recency bias came to mind first, obviously, as Morgan Wallen, but Yeah. Hmm. I mean, there's so many, dude. Like it used to, I would say probably all time is Jason Aldean. Really? Like overall. You yeah. like his new stuff from his old stuff, everything? I would say I'm a bigger fan of his older stuff. Yeah. Um, but Me I too. still because it's Jason Aldean, he's probably the first country first artist that I really loved to listen to um so i'd probably have to say jason aldean damn i remember when big green tractor came out <laughs> one of like, my favorite songs i played at every show every really show. oh yeah oh yeah. dude when that shit came out i remember it like not like i don't remember it coming out i was pretty young but like i remember listening to that song a lot yeah like just how that was like a I don't really remember much other music from that time, probably like uh, any other. But it's just like funny how an artist comes out like that, yeah, and then really makes an impact on you with that, you know, with a song like Big Green Tractor. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's. Have you seen him live? Yeah, probably like three times. Sweet. Is he coming back soon, or he already came back, or something? I don't know. I think he's coming soon probably is and i'll probably have to go again my yeah, you can definitely definitely that. my dad's probably favorite artist of all really time. my dad's seen him like six times my, oh geez so my mama they always go see him so uh your parents are concert goers big time. Like. They, they they love their music so they they love going to concerts seems so. like it could have influenced you to i think it probably dude, did fuck, they probably love seeing their son doing the yeah. same shit you know yeah like, they we, we, they love it i don't think it really registers with me how much like, I got home from work the other day, and my dad pulled pulled in behind me, and he had the window down, and he was blaring the work tape to my new song. I sent him like a snippet of it, and he was just <laughs> he was like, I listened to this. It's like a minute, minute and a half of the new song, like just a snippet of it. And he was he was like, I listened to it the whole way. Like it's so cool. 
I love it. Dude. So it, it's pretty cool seeing them seeing them do that. So that's badass. Uh, family. What family. comes to mind? Family. Family. That's all that comes to mind. I mean, I'm blessed. I'm thankful that I have such a close, great family. Uh, the last show I played, actually, I probably shouldn't have played because I was going through vocal issues, laryngitis, um, and I also had GERD, which I didn't know at the time, which is like... Heartburn? Yeah, it's like yeah. basically really bad acid reflex heartburn. Yeah. Like... Like real bad heartburn. Yeah, and my voice wasn't getting better, and then my chest started hurting. I'm like, all right, I got to go to the doctor. They're like, it's just GERD. You just have bad heartburn. I was like, there's no way this is heartburn. Like, I feel like I'm being stabbed in the heart right now. Yes. So I took some medicine for it, and it helped, and I'm finally... I haven't played a show in a while because of that, because it was also hurting my throat. But anyway, back to that. I probably shouldn't have played, but my mom's whole side of the family was coming in for a show. It'd yep. be the first show they saw. Oh, shit. And so I was like, I can't cancel this. Where'd you go? Or what was it? It was at the Hornet's Nest. Hornet's Nest. Yeah. A lot, of my, a lot of my stories are from the Hornet's Nest. Um, Maybe one day down the road when you know when you don't have to play the hornet's nest maybe you can come back and play the hornet's nest as a treat for the hometown dude i i can't tell you how many times i've thought of that yeah after you play the ford center you come back. <laughs> <laughs> a little post post show at the hornet's nest that's right that's right okay right now you get in your truck you drive a truck yeah you get in your truck Ford f-150 baby you get in your ford <laughs> f-150 what song are you turn on so I like to listen to a lot of new music that comes out. So, of course, we got a lot of good music coming out tonight. So first thing I'll do in the morning is I'll get on my Apple Music, see what new country music came out, <laughs> and I'll listen to all the new songs that came out. Love uh, it. So right now, I'd probably listen to, I think it's called Start Nowhere by Sam Hunt. came out last week. So okay. I like to listen to the new music of the week a lot, but... At the end of the week, I kind of get tired of it because I listen to it so much. Yeah. So I'll just press shuffle. on. I have a country jams playlist. Uh -huh. uh, it's 24 hours worth of country music. Perfect. I just always add new music to it. So I'll press shuffle and just whatever comes up, I'm like, yep, this is the one I'm listening to. <laughs> Do you find yourself, like you listen to the new music that came out that way, do you find yourself on average saving a few of those? Yeah. One, so a two, lot of them, three. like, I'll see the artist that dropped it. And I'll save it before I even listen to it. Just because I know that I'm a fan of that artist. I'm going to listen to that song. But there are some that I'll like go through. Like when Thought You Should Know came out, did you save that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I saved it before I even listened to it. Like a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. So, like tomorrow I'll listen to the songs that I know the artist. And then I'll go through the new music. If I don't know the artist, I'm going to play the song and we'll see how it goes. Give it a try. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot that are like, wow, that was super good. And then you become a fan of them, so. I love that dude. Dude, I got sent I got sent Midland's album. Yeah, I love Midland, dude. That is <sighs> one of my favorite favorite bands. They're just They're just country. They're country <laughs> as fuck. They're country. They're like old school but dope new. They're like old school, super cool country. Don't care but outlaw kind of figures. Yeah, they're like know? outlaw 80s. They're like hippie outlaws. I don't yes, know how to dude. explain it. It's yes. they big fan. I saw uh or so my my one of my best friends is an artist and his his uh girlfriend sent me a song and she's like, heard this song 
gave me a lot of inspiration, thought maybe you inspire you. Yeah. And it was the second track off of Midland's Sonic Ranch album from last year. Yeah. And I had never heard that record. I really, I had knew Midland's hits. I never mm. really had listened to them. Yeah. And uh, I listened to that song. I'm like, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> and I listened to the record. And I turn on the first song, and it's 14 Gears. And it's like a fucking highway tune, you know? Yeah, no yeah. percussion, just all guitars oh, yeah. and bass. And I was just like fucking blown away by the sound. I remember literally laying in my living room on the floor. Augie was asleep, clothes watching a show. I'm laying there like, what the... F How I had no idea this yeah. shit was being made, yeah. you know? And then I watched a Midland documentary about how they made that record and it's like since then i'm just fucking blown away by their sound dude yep i'll i'll, I'll probably listen to midland on the way home now <laughs> so there's your answer love it love it uh emily my sister yep she has helped me more in this process than anybody dude like i see you tagging her in a lot of she's shit. so talented it's insane videography photography editing graphic wise she's made almost every single graphic for every show uh she was the one that designed my logo really with the horseshoe and the sh yeah is she your little sister yeah she's okay. 18 months younger than me um oh shit okay damn so i told her i was like i want this horseshoe because my grandpa he was into horse racing he had thoroughbreds he owned horse oh race sweet horses, so. really yeah so his logo was the horseshoe with the h so okay. I was like, I want to incorporate that somehow. Uh, he passed away about two years ago okay. in October. So I was like, I really want to incorporate that somehow. So she made a few designs. I was like, I like that one. She was like, I was hoping you'd pick that one. So <laughs> so then she, she helped it. me design it, and she gave me a couple, I don't even know, different files that I could send to mm. get them put on hats and koozies. So, um, And then she also made the lyric video for Hell of a Ride. That's badass. She absolutely freaking killed it she's so talented so good at that and so uh she does not get enough praise for what she does and how good she is and uh a story about her so she was actually born uh 24 weeks so she was half she was half cooked yeah basically basically yeah. so uh the doctors told my mom they're like your daughter has 50 50 chance of making it do Jeez. you want do you want us to even try she was like, do everything you can to save my baby girl. Wow. And so they just trusted in the Lord so much. And uh, she was in the NICU for quite a while, um, but she pulled out and she's healthy and she's gone on to it. live a healthy, yeah, yeah, so she's killing it. yeah, creative so life. She's just an absolute inspiration for so many people. I mean, there was a, uh, a walk called Emily's Army. Um, I forgot who it was through, but uh, it was on Main Street. This was obviously like 20 plus years ago, right when she was probably still in the hospital. She might have been Damn. out of the hospital by then. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. And it was just, dude, it's her story is pretty crazy. And, uh, dude, my, my wife is 19 weeks pregnant. So it's not far. Yeah. It's not, I mean, that's like six weeks, yeah, five weeks away from where she was at. And like the baby, we just saw a baby in the ultrasound yesterday. It's yeah. not that big. I mean, no. she was probably tiny when my her sister was My born. dad's wedding ring went all the way up her thigh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
She, Whoa. She looked like an alien. And we say that as a joke now, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. She did. She is wow. she is a miracle baby. Wow. So And she, her work is bad. I followed her on Instagram. She, her work is badass. She is so she good. shot for some cool people too. Wallows. I love Wallows. Oh, I yeah. saw them. Yeah. So she uh Sean Stanley. Yeah, she emails all kinds of managers and stuff. If she knows there's a concert, she's emailing them and she's like, Hey, I'm a photographer like do you think i could take some pictures and so she loves her goal one day is to be a full-time photographer videographer uh, for an artist touring yeah so right now she works at her church doing graphic design photography and stuff like that so she's killing it i mean she's taking photos uh greta van fleet concerts yeah one of my favorite bands uh insanely talented they're nuts um she she brought our whole family onto that and I'm thankful she did because I listen to it all the time. But uh, you went to the show? No, dude, I want to oh, see them geez. so bad. She's been to two of their shows, um, and she took photos for both of them. So, but officially, she's, like, did she did the band grant her access to do? So that? she got yeah, she had to get access. So yeah. she was like front row, basically, like in the photography section of the yeah. pit, basically. I don't really yeah. understand it fully, but uh, man, she's so good, so talented. That's she's blessed. Badass, she's dude. blessed. That's a big gig. Shit. Great event fleet's huge. Yeah. So that's her goal. And uh it's kind of helping both of us with the music. Yeah. Um, because she's able to practice a lot of this and she's taking a lot of awesome pictures and videos. And so And that's stuff that is not cheap for you no, if dude. you were going to hire somebody. She saves me a lot of money. Oh yeah. Um, but also I I mean obviously I've paid her because what she's doing, she does not should not be free because she's sure. so good at it. So but you Man, get the hookup. It's nice to have. Exactly. It's yeah. at a discounted brother price. Sure, um, yeah. But, man, she's she's a miracle, and she's she's darn good at what she does. It's awesome. I hope to meet her one day. Yep. Who's someone you look up to in or out of music? Well, obviously, the cliche answer would be my dad, but, I mean, it's true. Uh, I, I still work with him. Uh, every single day and you know he's grown me to be the man I am today of strong faith and uh, he's fought for our family and had to really put kind of put the family he's had to put the family first a lot sometimes you know it's really hard to do yeah you know it's not best for best for you but it's best for the family and you know he's he's been the biggest influence on my life and um, he's kind of showed me how to raise a family, how to how to be a good father, but also how to be a good friend. Because, you know, when you get older, they're not just your dad anymore. They're like, they yeah. become your best friend. Like, you talk to them like they're your friend, but back in high school, you're like, no, dad, <laughs> yeah, don't. I'm hanging out with friends, don't talk yeah. to them. <laughs> but now it's like, like, dad, my buddies are coming over. If you want to come hang out in the barn with us, blah, blah, blah. So... Man, definitely. Dude, yeah. that's so awesome, dude. I love hearing that. But, yeah, I mean, it's a cliche answer, but it is very true. Nah, but it's not true for everybody. That's yeah. what's beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not everybody. Like, I, dude, I do not hang out with my dad at all. Like, we mm-hmm. don't have that type of relationship. Yeah. Ours got soured by, I mean, we've come to, like, my parents split up when I was 19 because my dad had an affair. Mm-hmm. And that wrecked our relationship because yeah, yeah. our family was important it is important to me and Extreme. it was important then yeah but like it, it he did that and i 
I really resented him for many years. But now I like we've forgiven. I've forgiven him. Yeah. I asked for his forgiveness because I really like yeah. flipped out yeah. when they got when he did that. And we've come to reconcile in a lot of ways, but like our relationship will never be the same, you yeah. know. Yeah. So like when I hear. Because that's what you have with your dad is what I want with August, with my son. Yeah. And with yeah. our future, I don't know what we're going to have next because we're not finding out. So I don't know what. But like yeah. with the whatever kids we have, I want to have great relationships where we love each other and love being around each other and have yeah. have like share in this thing called life. Not just I gave you life and then, I, you know, check out when you're older. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I want that friendship peace 100%. for my own self as yep. it relates to my kids so i love hearing that that's true for you yeah i'm blessed i'm definitely blessed in that situation there so love it uh sam Hahn five years from now Whew, man i don't even know if i have a word for that i i really don't i for me keep doing this yeah i mean i would love to keep doing music that would be the goal um That'd be the dream, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks, a lot of unknowns. Um, You're off to a great start if I do say so myself. I appreciate that. So Really? I mean, five years from now, man, I don't know where I'll be. I know I'd love to be played music. I mean, full-time would be awesome. You think you'll stick around here? I don't know, dude. I would love to. I'm sure people tell you to move to Nashville. They have, a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, that's just not something I'm ready for. Yeah. Not yet. That's all so. right. You're doing the right thing by working with the people in Nashville. Exactly, exactly. It's, such, saving, it's so I'm close. Saving money. I'm saving money living in Evansville, yeah. drive two hours. But, I mean, five years from now, as long as I still have the relationships I do with my family and friends, man, that's the biggest thing. So, yeah. obviously, at some point, I'll start a family, but we'll see when that comes, so. You have a girlfriend? No. All right. He's on the market. <laughs> I am on the market. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I think mostly dudes listen to this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, on the market. He's on, on the, the market ladies. for the ladies. For the yeah, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get that cleared up. That's right. Uh, if you could, uh, so if you could sit down and have a beer with one person, dead or alive, anybody on, anybody, who would it be? Man. So when you said that, the first thing that came to mind is there's a song called Beer with Jesus by mm-hmm. Thomas Rhett. Yeah. One of my favorite songs. Um, but man, that's such a tough question because there's a lot of people that I would love to just sit down and talk to. Just have a conversation with. Give me three. Goodness gracious. One, somebody personal. Yeah. Somebody I would love- famous. Somebody who you just like a long shot or something. Yeah. So I'd say one personal. Uh, my grandpa he passed away two years ago, and so he never got. I had a see, feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. So he never got to see a show, or he's never. Yeah. Seen me sing or anything. Um. So, just to have a beer with him one more time. Uh, the first song I ever wrote was called "Ain't Just a Lake," um, and it was two weeks after he passed away. First full song I'd say I wrote. Mm. Um, and I was sitting in my room in my apartment. And uh, I was writing a song, and I've never had a song just come to me like that. Mm. And when I was finished writing the song, I went through it. I was like, yeah, it's the one. And, <laughs> dude, I swear, the 
it was a dreary, cloudy day, and I was like, you know, down. Finished the song. I was like, man, that's a good song. And the sun just came beaming through my window, and Whoa. I was like, it was one of those God moments. You're like, this is weird. Like, this is a weird. Nobody's gonna believe that this just happened. But like, yeah. I finished the song, and I was like, man, this is good. And then the sun shined in there. I was like, my grandpa saw that one. He's proud of that one. Like, it's it's pretty cool. So. That would be the one person, um, but two others. Shoot, dude. One, one other. One other. I would have to go. Goodness gracious, man! This is a probably the hardest question you asked me all <laughs> night. I'm not even gonna lie. I would oh, like to sit dude. down and just have a conversation with Thomas Rhett. Sweet. I think that'd be super. I cool. like Thomas. He's a Rhett super a lot. cool. Down to earth, family, yeah, family great, dude. great entertainer, yeah. great songwriter. Uh, I think that'd be a cool conversation. He seems like a really interesting dude. He does. Like just, I think he'd have some cool stories to tell. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. I think that'd be a cool one. Um, if that'd I had to, th- if I had to throw one more, mm-hmm. it would probably, it would probably be either. Like these are these are kind of way way out there. I would love to have a conversation with Johnny Cash, mm. Elvis Presley, just a couple of legends. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool to hear him. I know a lot of my family, huge Johnny Cash fans. My grandpa, huge. Both of my grandpas, they are huge Elvis fans. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool just to talk to them, just because they're two of the greatest of all time. Yeah, and from a different era of yeah, how totally all that shit different. at totally a time different. where it was just getting started, you know, yeah. in terms of country music. Yeah. So, I mean... Love it. Those are out there. and I mean, I, I don't listen to much Johnny Cash, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple songs, Walk the Line, I listen to, or mm-hmm. I've Been Everywhere, but, like, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan, but it'd be cool to talk to him. Sweet. You know, and I hope... One day, maybe the world gets to hear uh, more than a lake or whatever. Ain't just a lake. Ain't just yeah. a lake. Never know, right? Yeah. I mean, I've played a, quite a few shows. Have you? Actually, yeah. Um, and I've broken down a few times playing it, too. Uh, the first time I ever played a solo show, it was supposed to be Daniel and I, but he got sick, and I was like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. By and, yourself for hours up there? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, this is like the first show we were going to play at Hornet's Nest. Oh, shit. Everything goes back to Hornet's Nest. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, and my grandpa, he went there every single every single night except Saturday nights because he said it was amateur night. <laughs> and so when True. I... True. Yeah, so when I played Ain't Just a Lake there for the first time, dude, I was I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it through. It, was, it meant a lot, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Maybe that's... that. I don't want to speak for me. That might be on your first record or something. It might be a record track. We'll it it would be a song that I wouldn't probably release as a single, but if I ever release an album, it would have to be on there. Love it. Love it. All right, dude. Uh, that's, uh, that's all 10. Well, all right. I'm so glad we did this. I'm glad to finally meet you. Yeah, like, dude. really meet you. I mean, I met you drunk at a concert once. I've <laughs> seen you play. I've seen you play a couple times. Uh, I was drunk at that too i mean i guess i've only been there once but i was drunk yeah at hornville too so yeah i know it was fun it was it was a good time 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, I spent a lot of money that night. Not like a ton because it's pretty cheap to drink there. But I did spend <laughs> like a decent amount that night. Yeah, they they pro- they loved having us that night. I'll tell you that. But uh, oh yeah, dude. Man, I appreciate you having me on here. This is cool. Yeah, Just I'm glad to talk about everything and. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to what the future's holding. So uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to hopefully being back on a podcast and maybe we can look back on this and be like, ah, some of them came true or yeah, we're still working on a few. So we'll see what happens. I'd love to check in with you in the future. So where can uh, where can people find you uh, if they want to follow you on social media or wherever? Yeah, so I got an – my Instagram is – so I have a TikTok. I got an Instagram. Um, what are you most active on? Most active on Instagram. I'm okay. trying to get better at being active on TikTok. Um, and I was for a while. It's I was told that it takes two weeks to create a habit and two months to create a routine. Mm. And so it's a lot easier to takes two days to break that <laughs> habit, two days to break that routine. And so yeah. I got on that two days and man, it's hard to stay on TikTok. You gotta have a lot of a lot of videos and stuff. But Instagram, you can catch me on I think it's Sam. Han underscore um, TikTok. You can look me up, Sam Han. Sweet. Um, but yeah, for sure. Your, and music's, I love, your music's everywhere. Oh, Spotify. Yep, Apple, Apple Music, Spotify. Check out the uh, lyric video on YouTube. Yeah, uh, I need to check that out. I, I saw think, the clip on your Instagram, but I need it's, to watch that. It's crazy too. Like my YouTube, the song on YouTube has like over 20,000 views. Oh shit! Yeah, really? Yeah, I should have checked there, dude. I only looked on Spotify. Yeah, so like I don't know. That's, that's badass. It's crazy that YouTube. I asked Sean like, why does YouTube have so many more views? And he was like, sometimes it just happens. Like, yeah. there's no reason, know, no rhyme or reason for why. So, I think a lot of people too, like a new artist, are like, oh, I'm gonna go to YouTube. He's not gonna be on Apple Music or Spotify. Yeah. So I think that might be another reason, might not be, but. Uh, Definitely check out the lyric video. Emily killed it on that. So I would love to. Yeah, I need to check that out myself. And you're right, dude. You just never. I had a song when I was younger get go a little bit viral on Spotify, and it yeah. got like a quarter million views. And on the YouTube channel, I think still it has like under ten thousand plays. Yeah. Like it's, it's not crazy. Maybe even under five thousand plays. It's like nothing on that channel yeah but then on a different platform it could just explode yeah it's and pretty it just, insane yeah you just you have no way of telling yeah. which then, i'm pretty i need to get better about thinking about that for yeah. other platforms yeah. i get yeah. so obsessed with spotify yeah but uh yeah they can, i have a youtube channel as well you can look up sam hahn and it'll be under that so beautiful Subscribe and new record that. coming out next yep yep later later winter i guess yep. next springish Yep, so that'll so. be out on all platforms as well, and we'll have a lyric video for that too. That Emily's already got some cool ideas for, so uh, I'm Sweet. looking forward to that. So, and catch you at a show, Crawley. This yeah, yeah. So, you playing anywhere for New Year's or anything? Or when's the no? First? So I'll actually be out of town for New Year's. Okay, um, but uh, I haven't announced any shows yet. Gotcha. So, You're still in the works. Still in the works. I'm planning on kind of putting a. It's not a tour obviously but it's a run of shows or something yeah so my goal is to announce a run of shows here very shortly so uh people can be looking for that on my instagram account love it well uh dude i one more time i'm going to commend you on your uh your uh taking on this adventure and like 
making a high quality record for your first record. It sounds that. fucking amazing. Thank you. Kudos to Sean. I've never met Sean. I hope to meet him one day. He's, he's I'll, I'll, I'll say one more thing about Sean too. He's not just a producer writer. Like he's a yeah. mentor. Like he cares. Like he's, he's a good genuine dude. So I uh, love working with him as well. That's a, yeah, that's badass, dude. I could tell he's like, he's done some really good things for you and Danny, which is, he has. it's awesome. And he's a fellow full sale graduate, like, like myself. There we go. So I need to connect with him. But, did not uh, know that. Yeah. Yeah. He went to full <laughs> sale. So he went several years before I did, but, uh, so yeah, I need to, I need to meet him sometime. I've been yeah. going down to Nashville a little bit more. So there we go. I need to stop, in, stop in his place. But, uh, Dude, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that you have the you have the thing. You have like the it factor, like the the raw ingredients that that make up the people that we talked about a bunch tonight. So <laughs> well, I, I hope that this thing I hope it blows up for you. I appreciate that. It means yeah. a lot. And let me know if I can ever be of service to you in anything I'm like sure in you any will. of this shit. I mean, being in southern Indiana, there's not tons of people Oh yeah doing it and uh that's an understatement yeah yeah it is yeah Yeah. but but that's why i mean like um that's why i started the record label in the first place or what i do and and like what i've come to do is far beyond it's like uh far beyond just recording music like what i set out to do or producing beats it's like i'm booking shows and i'm like putting on shows and doing podcasts doing podcasts yeah all this shit (laughs) that is in line with this but i have no idea it's just trying to branch out in all these directions to help it's wherever i'm being called to help pretty much uh and then hopefully it helps out other people and it just and it builds friendships and relationships and a community and that's what our area needs is a strong community that's what it's about yeah i agree yep so uh yeah, I do. Thank you, and good luck in twenty twenty three. And we'll, that. yeah, I know we'll uh, we'll talk more after this. So, yes, thank sir. thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. Again, this is now no longer mining in the foothills. This is the Wally Opus podcast. So, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>